the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. One tribe, one time, one planet, one race It's all one blood, don't care about your face Color of your eye, the tone of your skin Don't care where you are, don't care where you been Cause where we gonna go is where we wanna be The place where the native language is unity And the continent is called Pangea And the main ideas are connected like a sphere No propaganda to try to up a hand this Cause man, I'm loving this peace Man, man I'm loving this peace man, man, I'm loving this peace I don't need no leader that's gonna force feed her Concept to make me think I need her Fear my brother and fear my sister well, hello everybody. My name is Mags, and I'm your host of this wonderful Sober Courage podcast. And I hope you're all doing well. I hope you got to listen to my last episode recorded at the beach. And those of you that have, thank you so much for all the wonderful comments. I'm so happy to hear that you guys really like the sound of the waves. I was a little worried that maybe uh, they were going to interfere with uh, with me speaking, but it actually turned out really cool. So anyway, I'm back in the closet today. <laughs> so um, to begin this episode, I wanted to do a little name dropping just because I got to do this really awesome event this weekend with me and my husband. We went to join the uh, I'm not anonymous dot uh, org organization whose founders are Kate Mayer and Tom Gorris. And Kate is a photographer and Tom is in recovery. And what they do is they take beautiful black and white pictures, uh, photographs of people in recovery, and they post them on the website along with their stories. So if you haven't been to the website yet, please check it out. It's so awesome. Uh, it's so f- powerful to hear, uh, to read so many s- wonderful stories of recovery. And the website is I'm not anonymous.org. And I also got to hang out for a few hours. <laughs> Unfortunately, only a few hours because we had kids in tow and it was Sunday and, you know, life of a mommy. But anyway, I got to hang out with some really cool people that I only have known through the interwebs and the blogging world and the recovery community online. And so it was really, really awesome to meet some people in real life. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting Sasha Tozzi, who is a life coach. And she can be found at SashaTozzi.com. I also met the wonderful Christina Ferry from the Sober Unicorn. And she can be found at SoberUnicorn.com. And, of course, uh, my longtime very favorite recovery advocate and cheerleader, Laura Silverman from the Sobriety Collective. As well as a very, very talented author, writer, and teacher, very new to our huge recovery circle, uh, Mr. Mark Goodson. And he has the website called Miracle of the Mundane. So I will include all these links on the blog with the podcast um, notes. So you guys, please go check out their websites. You know, the more the merrier. You might not find what you need uh, with Sober Courage or this podcast or other places. So just keep looking. And these wonderful people all right. They're all in recovery. And they're all very, very supportive and huge, huge, huge uh, inspirations to me and many others. So um, I guess I'd like to also plug in a little bit about this week. And... 
I don't mix my political views or my personal views on life as far as the big things in the social media. So I'm not going to do that here either. So um, I've chosen not to really talk about what's been ha- going on in uh, the news in the last week um, or so, week and a half, I guess now. But, you know, if you live in the United States or probably overseas, you might have heard about the horrible killings that um, have happened in this country. And um, I have chosen not to s- say or place my opinion on anything. Uh, but what I do want to say is that my heartfelt condolences to all the people that lost their lives and their families. I mean, all the families of the people that lost their lives in these horribly tragic events. My heart hurts for them as well for the situation that's going on. And, um, you know, I'm really hoping that us human beings, we can at some point, hopefully in my lifetime, and I really, really hope in my kids' lifetimes, come to some sort of solution, agreement, um, you know, and truly learn how to coexist. And I think that's about all I'm going to say. Heartbreaking events. So, on to the podcast. I've been struggling a little bit with what to talk about today. Um, but I also realized that I haven't really talked about my daughter. And I know I mentioned her on the very first episode. And I think I said something to the effects that she was very difficult to deal with. And she gave me a lot of trouble and a lot of hard time. And I had a really hard time trying to figure out how to parent her and how to deal with her tween persona (laughs) and I remember actually listening to that podcast myself because you know I do listen to my own podcast a few times (laughs) just to make sure that what I'm saying is really what I want to say um you know and I actually felt bad about saying that but it was real and it's still real she is difficult and it's a difficult time in my life and um I'm sorry, not my life, really. It's probably a very difficult time in her life. I mean, being a tween has to be confusing. And when I go back in my mind, in my history, in my memory to those days, um, I remember having a really difficult time. And part of me sort of now understands, maybe just a little bit, why my parents were the were the the way they were with me and why my dad was so horribly strict and so my guideline for trying to deal with her is to take the things that I really did not like that my parents did things that probably hurt me things that made me feel inadequate things that made me feel lesser than and not do those with my daughter. I probably have done some. And that's like total true honesty. And I fortunately was able to go back and apologize for those things to her. And I can't actually, you know, uh, I can't actually think of an example right off. I think maybe there was one time where 
I blew up at her and probably the F-bomb came out a few times and a bunch of crap that I didn't really want to say came out and I felt bad. I felt really bad and I had to sit down with her. I didn't have to. I chose to sit down with her and I, you know, this is not like to make me sound like I'm better. Um, I'm trying to be a better parent. I'm trying to, I guess, be the kind of parent that I would, would like to have had and uh, my parents never apologized for anything (laughs) they never apologized for being mean to me if they were or being too strict with me or making fun of me you know in the 80s uh, for instance we I used to perm my hair really huge you know you have to you had to have the big 80s bangs big 80s curly hair and then the makeup that matched your shirt and your socks I believe something like that (laughs) And, you know, my dad would um, would say some really nasty things to me about it. So one of the things I'm trying not to do is say anything to that extent to my daughter about what she wears or how she looks. I'm trying to be really, really supportive. And for most part, my daughter doesn't wear anything funky or, you know, weird. She kind of wears the fashion that's popular now. So I don't really have a hard time with it. But... She tends to be a little sloppy with herself and, you know, she doesn't brush her hair sometimes and she doesn't like to take showers and things like that. And it's really hard not to repeat the things or it's really hard not to repeat the actions that I've learned kind of from my parents. You know, it's really hard sometimes not to put her down on those, you know, instead of saying like, oh my God, you stink, take a shower. You know, that's kind of like what my dad would have said to me. You know, I try to say, you know, you're a young girl and uh, you should smell nice and I'm sure it feels really good when you're clean and it would be great if you took a shower. (laughs) And so that's the kind of things I'm talking about. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do this a little different than my parents did. So as far as my daughter... Our relationship has gone through all kinds of changes and the biggest changes have happened in the last few years, maybe a couple years. And honestly, I have to tell you guys, um, I'm still sort of mourning the fact that my daughter is now a tween and that she's not my cute little girl. And I have to tell you, I have to tell on myself Um, I have some friends that have beautiful little girls, you know, somewhere around like uh, between three and five. And that was my favorite stage for my daughter. She was the sweetest, cutest thing in the whole wide world. She was eloquent. She loved to dress up. She took care of herself. She loved everybody. She gave you hugs all the time. She was the most positive little thing in the whole world. And You know, I see these posts from my friends on Facebook and I found myself horribly, horribly resentful one day because one person was like, oh, look how great my daughter is. She does this and look how great my daughter is and she's so caring and, you know, everybody's giving everybody these like, you're such a great parent, you're such a good dad, you're such a good mom and and I'm thinking to myself, oh, you just wait a few more years. You are going to be like, where the heck did my child go? <laughs> you know, and um, it's a struggle. 
it's a struggle. And I have to honestly tell you also that if I was drinking, I think she would have been my cause of getting shit faced completely like every night. And it's because when I was drinking, I drank over things, about things, because of things, because no things. You know, I drank for a lot of things. But if I had a reason, if I could give myself a reason to actually drink, oh, you know, then it was just off to the races. I could, you know, make sure that I was really nice and hammered because I actually had a reason to drink. So, you know, I laugh about it, but I think, gosh, thank God I'm sober. You know, thank God I'm sober. I think she's probably one of the people that uh, right now is, is, you know, gives me the most heartache. It's extremely difficult to be disrespected, uh, to be told no, to actually be told to shut up, which happened several times. And it's just, it's crazy. And, um, you know, I'm trying to understand the hormones thing. And I know that when I'm in that time of the month, I'm probably not the most pleasant person either. Um, but I think I'm trying always to manage my unpleasant trees. <laughs> And at her age, she doesn't know how to do that. So, you know, it just all comes out and it's all wacky. And uh, I have to really focus on the times that that are good. On the times where I get to talk to her about things or the, the things that are important. And uh, on the times where she just comes up and gives me a hug. So there's those glimpses of my little, you know, five-year-old girl still there. But then there's this whole other part of this rebellious young young girl still a child in many many ways yet really screaming to grow into an adolescent uh person you know and um it's it's very confusing time you know it's a very confusing time so i think from everything that i've read because i had to read some stuff from everything that i have read I've pretty much learned that my best um, advice to myself is to not react, not react. And I'm going to say that again, not react, because you know what? That's like almost everything in life, learning how not to react, you know, trying to be okay with a situation for that moment. Not that I'm accepting the situation Okay, wrong. Not that I'm condoning the situation, but I'm accepting the situation as it is at the moment. And I was thinking the other day, this is actually an awesome, awesome recovery tool. Because before, you know, I had kids and everything, there were still very stressful times in my life, right? Um, I got laid off once from work um, uh, and I was sober and I was so pissed. And I remember, you know, trying to deal with that situation. And I had to learn the same thing that, you know, I didn't like the situation I was in, uh, but I was trying not to react to it. I was just trying to sit in it. You know, uh, another example was, you know, my mom was passing away. It was the same thing. Instead of getting crazy and upset about what was going on, I wasn't really condoning the situation again, you know, because obviously 
when someone's passing away, you have every right to be hurt and angry. But just being able to sit in that situation and not react to the situation. You know, I think drinking for me gave me the, it gave me the energy. I don't know if that's the right word, but it gave me a reason to react to everything, you know, because it was that sucks, I'm going to get drunk or that's great and I'm going to get drunk or whatever. It was always reaction. My reaction was always to get drunk. I don't have that reaction anymore and I don't want that reaction anymore, but I don't want other negative reactions. You know, I don't want to blow up at anybody. I don't want to be angry to the point where um, I can't function. And, you know, I'm not perfect at any of this seriously I have like I've stated a minute ago I have blown up at my daughter and I've you know have bumped her and um so you know when that happens the guilt is so overwhelming you know I start beating myself up oh my god I'm just like my parents I can't get this I can't do this I don't know how to do this you know all these negative things but you know if I keep doing that if I stay in that mode you know, that's what used to lead me to drink. So I don't want to be in that mode. So what I try to do to begin with is to just stay in the situation. So for instance, you know, my daughter goes off about because I didn't allow her to go to her friend's house in the middle of the week for a sleepover, even though it's summer, but we have camp and I have school and all these other things. And I just don't, I don't have the time uh, and, you know, the energy, honestly, to be doing all this driving around and everything. So I said, no, they can do it on the weekend. Well, she was pretty upset. She was really upset. She actually called me mean several times. And of course, inside of me, you know, it's like a volcano, right? <laughs> I'm starting to boil up. But I know on the outside, I have to stay calm. And I have to stay on, you know, on point with my decision because there's the other part of me that you know now she just told me that I was mean so now she hates me so I start feeling like she you know she's gonna think I'm the worst parent ever and all these things so it's like a it's a very fine line right between like hating myself and then thinking that she's gonna hate me and then I'm ruining her for the rest of my life and maybe I am the meanest mother in the world but you know I have to do what's right for me so I have to stay in that moment and I have to say okay I accept the fact that she's angry because I'm not allowing her to do what she wants to do and then I sometimes actually rethink my decision you know I don't always make decisions right I sometimes just say no for the hell of it I guess because it seems too complicated but you know, and I kind of rethink it and I say, okay, no, I made the right decision. I'm sticking to it. And then I stick to it. And then I just say no. And I just say no again. And then if continues, then I explain one more time why I said no. <laughs> and if it continues, I leave. I walk out of her room or the area that she's with at and I leave. And I tell her that, that I cannot have this conversation while she's upset and angry and yelling you know, and then I have to go sit somewhere and like breathe and meditate for a minute because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. It's not like, it's not like a tantrum of a four-year-old who kind of just cries and screams. It's a lot of words and facial expressions and, you know, maybe hand gestures of some sort. And, you know, she's gone all the way to, you know, crying and stuff. So, it gets really emotional. It's like emotions time 50. 
you know, drama, huge drama. Everything is a blowout. So that's kind of how I've learned how to deal with it. But um, I'm still learning. It's not an easy thing at all. It's, you know, on daily basis. She has made up currently with her best friend who uh, her and her and her best friend got in a big argument over new cliques at school. And she's only 12 and I didn't know the cliques like actually existed at 12, but apparently they do. And her best friend at a time decided she was going to join this clique and she didn't want Ashley to join. And there was a period of time where I kept telling Ashley, my daughter, that she should go join the girls and just be part of the group. And, you know, uh, funny thing happened. I stumbled on an article, again, trying to look for some advice <laughs> that said something. The title was something like, my daughter doesn't like your daughter and that's okay with me. And I read this article and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I forcing my kid to like someone? You know, because part of me wants to protect her and make sure she's got friends and that she's cared for and loved for and happy. And I also don't want her to just dismiss people. They were friends for about three years, you know, and it just seemed like such a silly, silly thing to me. Uh what happened between them but it wasn't silly to them and so after reading this article where the mom you know stated basically uh sort of a situation like this where her daughter and a neighbor's daughter didn't get along all of a sudden and she was trying to make them get along and and then she realized well this is crazy why why can't my child pick who they want to be friends with and so I thought man what am I doing so I let it go I let it go and Gosh, behold, you know, several months later, they've made up. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I feel like my daughter needs all of this, um, you know, she needs all of this guidance from me because, you know, she's so young and, and she doesn't know how to maneuver life and wow, she figures it out on her own. So <laughs> it's funny. It's a little funny. But um, so, yeah, they made up and she's, you know, they've been uh, talking and giggling and she's really um, been in a great mood lately. So cross your fingers. Hope it goes on for a little bit because I need a break. <laughs> I need a break. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, so that's basically stuff about my daughter. It's it's hard to maneuver, but you know, I get to have also really good conversations with her. And um, I had some conversations about the recent um, issues about, you know, the restrooms for transgender children for schools and what's going on with that. And, you know, hearing my daughter talk about things, you know, I know for a fact that children, um, you know, get a lot of their opinions from out there. Um, but there are... Children are much more caring and they don't stigmatize like us adults do. And I don't know where and when that happens. I do believe it's all taught, you know, bigotry, hatreds, racism, all these things are taught. I don't know when and how. I don't want to blame parents. I mean, it could be anywhere, I suppose. So, you know... As it comes for me, I, I like to give my kids information and I really try to be non-judgmental. And if they ask me a question that I don't know how to answer, you know, I try to look for the answer. But anyway, the conversation about these 
transgender bathrooms, you know, had me giggling because she was like, who cares? Doesn't everybody have to go pee? <laughs> you know, and I just, I just love that about her. And I love that about kids really, because I see that with my sons too. They don't, they don't choose and pick and, and have these prejudices like you hear so much out there. So anyway, I do want to put a little plug here at the end for a song that my daughter helped me pick. And it ties in with everything that's been going on in the world. Well, in the United States and probably in the world. So we picked this song together and I'm going to put it on the website with the podcast notes and of course if you have any suggestions questions or anything you just want to say hi give me a shout out at uh, sobercourage at gmail.com and if you are one of those people that needs an answer right away (laughs) tell me that in your email Um, otherwise it probably takes me a couple days to answer emails so I'm sorry if it's not right away but anyway Uh, And lastly, I do want to put one more plug in this episode because I had a chance to put a nice post on the website about an author who just wrote a book and the book is called It's Not All Rainbows and Ponies and it's by Laura Shepard and please check that out when it comes out. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a little bit something out of there, maybe a new tool for your recovery. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And also check out all the wonderful podcasters on this Since Right Now podcast network. Talk to you next week. Let's catch amnesia. Lord, help me out. Trying to figure out what it's all about. What it's all about. Because we're one in the same. Same joy, same pain. And I hope that you there when I need you. Cause maybe we need amnesia And I don't wanna sound like a preacher But we need to be one One world, one love, one passion One tribe, one understanding Cause you and me can become one